Please stand and join me for the call to worship. We have come to worship God. Let us come with humility. We offer all that we are, knowing that we need God's spirit to be what we ought to be. We have come to worship God. Let us come with expectation. In the divine presence, there is light for our darkness and purpose in our striving. Praise be to God.
be seated. Let me welcome you to worship here at Southside Baptist Church this morning. We gather here to uh, worship the one true and living God. Many of you here are members, but there are a few guests that may have uh, come here and uh, to worship with us. And so for those, we do welcome you and say to you that we are delighted that you chose to be here rather than other places you could have gone today to worship. Southside Baptist Church is here in the in the heart of Five Points South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we do that by welcoming all into this place of worship, but also into our hearts and lives as well. So we hope that you have felt that warmth today. I do want to take a moment to welcome those who are also worshiping with us via the live stream. I usually do that sort of quietly here while you're out. You probably hear the mumbling, but still, there are a number of our members who have moved away and who worship with us each week, uh, all the way from um, Virginia to uh, North Alabama to various places uh, out west, too. And as you travel, some of you have indicated that you've been able to uh, watch worship and participate with us through the live streams. To all of you who are worshiping with us uh, via the live stream, we do welcome you today. We also want to welcome each other by passing the peace of Christ. And to do that in just a moment, and then following that, um, as we uh, find our places, I'll ask the children to come forward for our time together uh, as a children's time. So if you would, pass the peace of Christ now. because I'm going to need y'all to help me do something here in just a minute. Well, it's good to see all of you here today. You all came on the same day, it looks like. Let me kick you. <laughs> okay. I thought that was Willow. Brent, I thought this was Willow. <laughs> and Jay, we're glad that you're here. And then we've got uh, Caitlin and Harper is back there, right? Okay. And... Amelia and Betsy are here. And we have a new child here today, Miss Bonnie. So we're glad that she's here too. I want you to see, I want to see if you can help me do something. 
Today we're going to read some scripture in just a few minutes about Jesus teaching his disciples about being salt and light. And so I know that some of you cook, you help uh, your mom or dad or maybe grandparents cook. But what's the difference in salt and sugar? Here, wait a minute. Well, it's salty. It's salty. <laughs> one sweet, one tastes like sugar, and one tastes like salt. Okay, I've got you. All right. Can you tell the difference in those just looking at them? I'm trying not to drop them here, so. Okay. You want to check and see? Touch it to your finger. Okay. Okay. Now touch it to your mouth. See what you think. Once. Okay, what's that? One is salt, and they're all going for the sugar once they found out that's what it was. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, it is, there is. Yes. See? Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. And he said that because salt has some very important properties to it, but also the fact that... Um, it's because it does have those properties, it preserves, but it also can uh, make things taste better. Have you ever had uh, something that's not made with salt when it should have had? Somebody ever leave some salt out of something? <laughs> Most of us have, or we've tasted something that was uh, unsweetened and we thought, man, this, is, this just tastes bad. Or if we had something with salt in it, we say, or, or maybe it's a... a some kind of brownie or something and it's supposed to have just a little bit of salt and it doesn't we don't taste it but he also said that you're the light of the world and he said that for the as far as the salt he said make sure that the salt is used and used right but he also said you're the light of the world and the light even that small as it is it can even be seen up there right just a little bitty LED right but now I'm going to put it in here Let's see what happens to it. Now, can you see that anywhere? Yes. yes you, well, I'm sure you can, because you have done exactly what Jesus told us to do. That is not hot. Now, you know, there was a time when uh, we would try to figure out, does the light in the refrigerator really go out? Yes. Even the people out there remember that. Do we really know that it does? How do you know? Have you been in it? You've gotten in the refrigerator. Okay. Okay. It's a little bit slow to switch it. So. Well, we would try to open it as fast as we could to see if we could see it come on, but sometimes it just we couldn't do it. We weren't that fast. So what Jesus says is that you are not only the salt of the earth, but you're also the light of the world. And what that means is that you know even the dark places, that because you are out in the world that you can bring light, and also because you are the salt of the earth, you can make things better, you can preserve things, you can really enhance and season the life of everyone around you. And what Jesus says, not only does he say that you, that you can do it, he says you are that. And so as followers of Jesus, 
who believe, he says to us, you know, you are, you are that. So just do it. So what do you think about that, Amelia? Think that's right? You think, I do, I do too. We can all be salt. We can all be light in the world around us. So let's, give, let's thank God that God has, has both loved us and called us, but also says he's got things for us to be involved in too. Lord, we thank you for this day and all the blessings. I pray that you would continue to watch over these children, and may you be with us as we worship today. May we always remember that you have said to us, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Do not hide your light, do not let your salt lose its saltiness. Amen. The first scripture reading comes from Psalm 112, verses 1 through 9. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealthy and the riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, 
lie down on the upright. For those who are uh, gracious and compassionate and righteous, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteousness, the righteous will never be shaken, they'll be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high honor. Our second reading, the gospel lesson today, is found in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 13 through 20. This follows, of course, the um, Beatitudes, and it's the text that we will look at today as we spend time in, in uh, worship and study. In honor of the gospel lesson, would you stand as it's read, if you were able? You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. seated and as you are will you 
allow your minds and heart to focus on the Lord, and may we enter into a time of prayer. Oh Lord, in these moments together, may you help us to clear from our mind all the clutter that is standing between us and our worship of you. We desire to wholly and totally focus upon you. To show through our acts of worship, through our words that are spoken, through the songs that are sung, through all ways that we use our gifts, that we will bring honor and glory unto you. Today we offer to you our prayers, prayers of confession for where we have missed the mark. We confess also those times we have gone our own way in rebellion, chosen to do things our way rather than yours. Forgive us, Lord, and restore us. Make us whole. Forgive us, Lord, when we fail to speak out about all the injustices we see. For those who find themselves living in a time and place where they're oppressed, they're pushed to their fringes, they're even disenfranchised wholly. May we see through your eyes these individuals. May we have compassion, but also may we not only feel, but may we act. Oh Lord, forgive us where we have not acted. Help us, Lord, even to see. Make our hearts sensitive to those needs. Make us mindful of your desire for us in the sphere of influence that we have. Oh Lord, we pray for all the concerns that are on our hearts and minds today from around the world. For those affected by violence in Thailand. For lives that are lost, but also for families whose lives will never be the same. For those who've been affected by storms and who have lost loved ones, may they too feel your presence. Oh Lord, for the concerns we have on doing that which you've called us to do, to be a people who are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, may we call on others to act accordingly too. We pray for those in leadership around the world. They might act with wisdom and concern for those that they lead. For leaders here in our own country, for the great divide that separates, may there be a passing of hurt feelings, animosity, fear, all that brings strife among our fellow citizens. Bring healing, Lord, and may we be humbled before you. May we respond with a sense of concern and compassion for all people. May we find that we 
are your children. We're of the same family. Draw us ever closer together, Lord. Help us as we seek to be the people you've called us to be, to be your presence, your hands, your feet, your voice in places where care is needed, where prayers need to be offered. We pray for those particularly who have great physical needs. May you bring healing to their bodies. Be with us now, O Lord, as we worship you and as we bow before you, knowing that you have created us, you've given us life, and you sustain it day by day. Hear us now, O Lord, as we, your children, pray, as Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
always um, uplifting to hear those words, amazing grace, but also to hear them sung beautifully and to lift our spirits. You know, Southside is sort of a after 11 o'clock crowd or gathering. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but we come in at 11.45, some of us, to sort of make sure everything is here, and there's nobody here, and at 11.50, nobody, and 11.59, it's sort of trickling in, and finally, about 11, thereabouts, we have a lot of folks, and you fill up your place, and some of our classes maybe get into a really heated discussion, not heated, intense discussion, <laughs> intense discussion about things, and you're able to, you get sort of caught up in that, and so you come in, but to look out and see all the faces here, I would have never thought this many people would have been here this morning, you know, given 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. But you're here. And it's sort of like um, I was preparing this, thinking about different things that, that had affected me, and I was reminded of that, of this um, Peanuts cartoon where Peppermint Patty is talking to Charlie Brown, and she says, um, guess what, Chuck? First day of school, and I got sent to the principal's office. It was your fault, Chuck. He said, it's my fault. How could that be my fault? Why do you always say everything is my fault? She said to him, well, you're my friend, aren't you? Then you should have been a better influence on me. You should have influenced me in a better way so that I would have been a better person. I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. So... If we think about all of us that are gathered here, we too influence each other in some way, but hopefully we are a very positive influence on the world around us. I agree with Charlie Brown that we're not responsible for the actions of another person, but we are responsible for ours, for our own actions, what we do. And being a positive influence and illuminating those areas of darkness that we can because of who we are being the salt uh, in the salt of the earth that gives flavor and prevents decay, those are important things for us to be engaged in. In this text today, this responsibility is expressed beautifully and completely in this part of the Sermon on the Mount and certainly as it's developed further on. In the text today, Jesus says some important things to his disciples. He communicates some very important things to them, but also to us as well. And he makes the points very clear. He speaks to them about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, in our Western culture, of course, we see things very individualistic. You know, if it's whatever, it's all about me or what I can do we don't oftentimes think about it in terms of the corporate effect or how it's spoken to a group of people. To those that were listening, to those individuals that heard this message from Jesus, he was speaking to them as a body, as a group. They were all followers. And so when we read the text here in particular, he is speaking not only to the individual, but also to the group. He's using the second person plural, and he's referring to those he's already listed earlier. He's talking about those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers and the persecuted. All of those are people who are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. 
and as followers, we are too. You know, the, being the salt of the earth, as I shared with the children there and taught them, I'm sure they could have taught me more than, than I could have ever said to them about salt and light. But the idea of being the salt of the earth, that agent in community, our own corporate community of believers, but also outside that does prevent decay, that also seasons and gives, gives flavor, all those familiar traits that we know salt has, and to, be, and to do so all within the context of those fruits of the Spirit, of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of gentleness, and of self-control. Can you imagine what the world would be like if we all, just all the people that profess to be Christians could manifest those spirits, or at least a few of those? Think about it. If we could all at least have within our lives and have that represented in the way that we interact with individuals or conduct our business, it would be a different world. And this is what Jesus is calling his disciples to do. He's saying, you are to be that. You are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And he's also stating it just as he did in the Beatitudes. He's not looking at them and making a subjective statement about them. You know, if you work hard, you will be the salt of the earth. If you try really hard, you might one day be the light of the world. No, he's saying to them, you are. It's a very clear statement. It's definitive. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, how we use that is what he is getting at too about not hiding that light or allowing the salt to lose its saltiness. When Scottish writer Robert Louis Stevenson was a young boy, he was standing at a window <clears throat> and it was right at dusk. <clears throat> he was standing looking out onto the street and as he looked out, he could see the shadows getting longer and then the darkness creeping over the street. <clears throat> and as he did so, he saw the lamp lighter coming up the street, lighting the, the lamps along the way. His family called him back and said, Robert, come back and join us. And here, you can't see a thing out there anyway. He replied, oh, no, I can see plenty. I see something amazing. There's a man that's walking up the street poking holes in the darkness. Poking holes in the darkness. It's what he calls all of us to do, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to poke holes in the darkness, to be an ever-present light wherever we are, to have an effect on those things and individuals around us. You know what it really is all about, and that is that it's about you responding to the Spirit nudging you in some way. You feel it, you sense it, and you either say yes or you say no. Yes or no to using your gift of teaching or writing, playing an instrument or singing, all those things you do. And you know that, it, that the Spirit has touched you and you need to, to use that. And what you're doing is you're using it to magnify and bring glory to God. 
But equally as important is when we sense that nudging of the Spirit in a way that may make us uncomfortable because we just don't know about traveling down this road. It's when the Spirit nudges you to look and see and investigate those things that have caught your eye because something seems, seems amiss, something's wrong. It may be a system or policies or practices, those that oppress and discriminate and promote injustice, those that abuse, all of which are rooted in love of self and power, individually or collectively, we do need to do those things to advocate for justice where unfair practices and persist and where those affected have no choice or at least have no voice. Inequity in wages, inequity in opportunities, criminal activity that takes advantage of the weaker through all sorts of means, whether it be human trafficking for purpose of sex trade or in effect slave labor, wherever that might occur. And in reality, it occurs all around us way more than we ever would think or would want to admit. Those are the ways that we can be the salt and light. We see, we recognize, we shine light on, we dispel the darkness around it, and we help others also see the way that Jesus sees it. The third point Jesus makes here is that he's not come to abolish the law, but he's come to fulfill it. Now, you know, we think about what he says in all of, of his messages and about how we lean heavily on the grace that, of, of Jesus, the grace that is offered that is a free gift. And we say, well, you know, the old law has sort of passed away. Well, not really, because what Jesus says is, I came to show you what it really means, and that is I'm going to fill it out. I'm going to fill it out, complete it, make it full. You know, when we talk about an individual that maybe as a teenager, a young man that is sort of frail looking as a teenager until he gets to be 22 or 23, 24, and all of a sudden, there's a filling out, and, and the muscles seem to come, and they're able to be very strong and able to do things. And, and this is it's the same person. The same person was there. The same organs are there. But all of a sudden, it's filled out in a way that we see it fully and what it really means. And so Jesus is saying about the law, I'm not destroying it. I'm trying to help you understand the full magnitude of what it is. And he says, he sums it up later. And Matthew, when he says this, that you shall love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself, for on these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. The kingdom of heaven that he refers to, <clears throat> Jesus speaks of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, somewhat interchangeably, but... Matthew always uses kingdom of heaven for he was writing to those who were mostly Jewish. And therefore, to use kingdom of God would have been an anathema. You can't do that. You don't speak the word of God. So therefore, the kingdom of heaven, but they are the same. And he's speaking about that which 
is here now. Here now. For us to dwell in, for us to understand, for us to help make full in the way that we live. You know, if ever there's a time that believing and following in the ways of Christ, it's now. We know that every age can say that, but surely as we think about what we see around us and the discord we see in, in communities and families and other places, that it's, it's about seeing and understanding from a different perspective perhaps, but also to hold fast to that which we know to be true that the Spirit of Christ is within us, and He produces and manifests those fruits of the Spirit, those that will bring about wholeness in the lives, in our own lives, but also in the lives of those we encounter. We can't do everything. You alone can't do everything. I alone can't do everything. Gathered together as a, as a church, we can't do everything. But all of us can do something. And collectively, we can do more than we can do by ourselves. And Leo told a story, a short story, where love is, God is. A story that you've probably all read and, and know well, but it's a story that focuses on the life and the development of one's spiritual, his spiritual understanding, that of Martin, who is grief-stricken, has lost his son, he's all alone. And really, all he desires is to die. A man says to him, an old priest says, no, you don't need to do that. You need to know that God has some purpose for you. And so he challenges him to read the Gospels, to encourage him, to lift his spirits. And so he begins to read, and he reads every chance he gets. He's a shoe cobbler working in a basement sort of a, under a sidewalk like, and he can see people passing by at the window, going to and fro. He even can recognize the boots that he's made, or the shoes that he's made. He reads and he seeks to understand, and after he's been reading and really the Spirit is moving in his life, he hears a voice saying, I'm coming to you tomorrow. I'm coming to you tomorrow. Well, most of us, if we heard that, those words we would say, well, I guess it's all over. <laughs> I guess this is, this is him calling me home. But as Martin went to his shop and he began to work, he kept looking out to see, looking out the window to see who would be coming today. Who is it that's going to come? Is it, what's the Lord going to look like? And he waits. And gradually he sees first one person, then another, one who needs some, to just to get in out of the cold, and he asks him in, and he helps him. Another young lady who is there with a child and has started a new job, but the job is not ready yet, so she comes inside, and there he feeds her and warms her. Yet another comes, and he also invites him in and spends time with him and just having and sharing a meal together. Martin had become so attentive to what was outside because of his reading of the gospel that he began to notice all the things that were happening outside. He saw that in each case, these individuals, he went out to invite them in. 
He saw them. He recognized it. He went out and he became, he became the salt of the earth for them. He became the light of the world for those individuals. So his dream did not deceive him. But later as he began reading and thinking, he said, you know, I really feel that I heard him say, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. We can be so worried about ourselves, about our own circumstances that we let our salt lose its saltiness. We can hide our light under a bushel. We can fail to be the person God has called us to be. But wherever love is, God is. And that is something for us to remember as we live day in and day out. Would you pray with me, please? Loving Lord, help us remember that we are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And with that comes responsibility to love others as you have loved us. May we so demonstrate that love and mercy and grace that others see those acts done to bring you honor and glory and may they too seek to know you and seek to follow you. I make this prayer in the strong name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Our hymn of promise is one in which we can respond to the gospel, to that which we know we are called to be. O Master, let me walk with thee to understand more fully. So you come and as we sing, I'll be at the front if you have a prayer request, if you desire to be a part of this church, or maybe if you've never started that journey, you come and I will pray with you here at the front.
pray with me, please? Creator God, loving God, eternal God, we are thankful for this day and its beauty and the opportunity we have to spend an hour close to you. Forgive us our failures to realize all of the opportunities in your service. Oh God, may we of this body be the Christian salt that you would have us be. May we shine the Christian light of your love and concerns wherever we may be. May these small gifts we offer today to you further transform this church, this place, this community to align with your will. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our salvation. Amen. Loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings to you. We bring them because we desire to serve you, to praise you, to be obedient to your commands, to be the salt and light in the world in which you've placed us. Bless them, multiply them. May we use them wisely to bring others into a knowledge of who you are, one of love that gives mercy and grace. Amen. May you, will you be seated for just a moment? Just a couple of things to want to welcome those who may be visiting with us today, but also just to remind you of a couple of things related to um, 
our church family and activities for the week. The, um, you'll see the activities uh, printed on the back of the bulletin there, but also remember uh, we had a, uh, one of our members who uh, was taken ill this morning right after Sunday school, uh, Bobby Bloomston, so be in prayer for Bobby. He is, um, I don't know, the end. he went home, okay. So he is, just pray for him. He's had a tough time of, of late, so we'll hope and pray that he is well and will be able to continue um, doing those things he desires to do. Also, that one of the a former staff member here, way, way back, Joe Boone Abbott, uh, passed away in his, um, his funeral is tomorrow, I think, at 10 over at Mountain Brook. Is that correct? So you'll want, you, some of you may remember him and may want to, uh, to attend that. Next Sunday is a day which we all remember as being one where traffic is really troublesome. Mercedes Marathon is next week. However, I have a stack of these little flyers that you can put on your uh, dash on your car, and they will let you through, supposedly. And or at least you may not have to wait as long. I think that's maybe. But they will be here between 7:30, or 7 and 7:30 for the first loop through, and then from 8:30 till 11, the second time around. So you will probably see them, see the runners there. So the second time around will probably affect you uh, greatly. But if you want one of these, I mean, they're here, so you don't have any reason not to come next week because of that, okay? You've got this, you can put on your dash. There'll be no reason to keep you away. So these are right here. I'll take these to the back as we exit and have them at the back today. So as we prepare to go out, remember that we are called, not only called, we are the salt and light. And may we live that way daily. And so as we go forth, may we go forth as children of light, shining forth in the darkness. May the gospel become flesh in each of us. And may the love, peace, and joy of Christ radiate from us continually.